continue with the message that I started uh, two weeks ago, right and wrong relationship with money. Father, I just want to ask that you speak to us today and help us in your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Money is usually a thing that most people don't want to talk about in church. We want to talk about everything else. Uh, and how to live a good life, but money is so important. We can't do anything without money. And so we have to talk about it. We have to know where God stands with regards to money. We have to know his will concerning money. So we know how to position ourselves and know that we are doing all that is right before him with regards to money. You cannot live life without money. Money is very important. And so God, in, in his wisdom, told us a lot about money in his word. How money, how we should relate to money and how we should relate to him and to one another. So these things we have to talk about. God so loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his son to us to meet every single need in our lives. There is no need in your life that is not important to God. It doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's your children, it's important to him. And he's made provision in his word. If it's your finances, he's made provision in the word. For your finances, your health. Jesus died for that. Your spiritual life, so that you can go to heaven. Jesus paid the price for all of these things, so that it might be well for you on the earth. He said it very clearly. I came that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So life in abundance in every area. When Jesus came, he not only took care of our sin problem, he also took care of our sickness problem, he also took care of our needs problem, the needs that we have in our lives, so that every need in your life is met. He came to do that for us. And then I said the other time, and please understand the love of God. God does not like poverty. Poverty is not a good thing. It's really evil. You want to meet your needs and then you cannot because you don't have. That's not God's will. You may not have a million dollars, but God still wants to meet your need. And everybody, according to the assignment that he's given to you, he is going to take care of you. And as you read the scriptures, you begin to understand. When God puts in his script, in his word, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's saying, if you make God your shepherd, your master, he will make sure that you have no lack in your life. That's scripture. That's the word of God. He came to meet our needs. Every single need that we have in our lives. In our needs for relationship. Solid relationship. Jesus came to make all of this available for us. And all we have to do is trust in his word and let him lead us. Remember the scripture says he leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But then he tells you he makes you to lie down. In green pastures, not the grass outside, right? God doesn't want you to sleep on grass at night. But green pastures where all your needs are met. And then he tells you, he prepares the table before you 
in the presence of your enemies. Can you imagine what will be on the table that God has prepared for you? It's not going to be little. And that's what the scripture tells us our shepherd is doing. Jesus didn't say, I am the shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. And the shepherd will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. In other words, your enemies can't touch you because God's there with you. So you can have that confidence in life that God's with me no matter what's going on. I'm going to be okay. That pleases God. That pleases God as much as when you don't do what's wrong. Sin, you know, if you stay away from sin, that pleases God. But more so, when you trust God, it pleases Him because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when you trust God in the face of difficulties, tough times, you can't meet your needs, but you say, God, I believe you take care of me. He pleases Him. There's something we can tell that He does to God that makes Him move. On our behalf. You know, I recall a story one time. This, guy, this lady, older lady, she lived across from uh, 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 an infidel, we'll put it. But some, an atheist, he didn't believe in God at all. And he constantly told this uh, elderly woman, woman, you are wasting your time with all this, your prayer stuff. And trust stuff that you're doing. This is a waste of time. He said, there is no God. There is no God. And one day he, he heard her in her room. She was saying, God, you know, we have no milk. We have no, no bread. We have nothing. God, you got to provide for us. And he was by her door listening to her as she was praying to God to meet all her needs. And he said, this lady, she's sick. She's, she's, something is wrong with her. Hey, what are you praying to a God that is not answering your prayer? I'll take care of you, lady. And he wanted to make a point. So he went to the grocery shop and he bought everything. He bought a bunch, abundance. I mean, a whole lot. Brought the truckload and brought to the lady. And said, lady, take, take, take this stuff. I brought it. I heard you crying out to that God that doesn't exist. And uh, I answered your prayer, not God. And the woman was shocked. And then she started rejoicing. She said, God, you have, you have even used an infidel to meet all of my needs. Thank you, Jesus. The, the guy went, what? Yeah. He heard my prayer. She says, use an infidel. Somebody who doesn't believe me, she was rejoicing. In, That's the God that we serve. Amen? Can take care of all of your needs, no matter what. He'll take care of us because we belong to him. His blood was shed so that he can have you to be his son and daughter. And that's the beautiful thing. God will take care of his own child. Amen. And so God took care of the, of the uh, poverty problem. Based on the scripture. You know, it used to really bother me. Well, if God wants us to, to, have, to be rich, supposedly, everybody's going to be a millionaire? I wondered. And that disturbs a lot of people. If God wants everybody to be rich, can we all become millionaires? It's only according to your call and your need. Everyone is made different, but you won't be in lack. That's what it is. If he gives you a dream and the dream is in your heart and you can dream big, he'll take care of the dream. But he encourages, he encourages us to dream bigger. Dream over what you can handle. If you can handle it, you don't need God. 
dream big. God tells us in Isaiah 54, dream big so that when he meets it and you begin to share the testimony with people that this is what God has done and, and they'll realize, well, yeah, we agree. Just show us. Well, you don't look that smart. All this stuff that's going on in your life has got to be God. That's what it is. That's what we look for. Galatians chapter 3, verse three, uh, 13 and 14, it tells us this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, because you are a Christian, there is no curse upon your life right now. And if you feel like there is a curse in your life, Speak to it based on this scripture. Let God be true and every man a liar. So you stay with God's word. As you go through, it's, it's called a battle. You are going to be victorious. Amen? Because God has guaranteed us victory in this. So it says, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus was made a curse for us. Then it says in verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Gentiles, I'm one of them. Amen? Can you say that with me? I'm one of them. If you are not a Jew, you are one of them. And it says, this blessing, God made Jesus a curse, so Abraham's blessing can be your lot. And Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and doesn't add sorrow to it. So Abraham was made rich by God. I said God promised to bless him. And so God says, the curse is removed from our lives. Now we have the blessing of Abraham upon us. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then in 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, he makes it very clear there. Let me read this scripture for us. Let's read this scripture together. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Don't tell me Jesus was made spiritually poor. Jesus was never spiritually poor. So we are not talking, and if you read everything in context, the Paul was actually talking about money. He was talking about giving money to the work of God. And that's in the same context he mentioned this. So Jesus' death on the cross, part of it, not just for sin, but part of it was for your needs to be met according to the word of God. And you can trust this word because this is what God has for us. I'm going to share another scripture with you, so important. I like to read scriptures because you can argue with it. You, you, you can have a different opinion, but we all understand English, right? And if we read the word, is, is means is, right? You can't tell me is means something else. So we read the scripture and we understand what he's saying. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 12, God's pleading, I know I'm, I've already blessed you, so the outcome is coming. Don't worry about that. That's going to take place. He says, all I'm pleading with you about is this. Don't forget me. That's all God is asking for. Don't forget me. In verse 12 it says, Lest when you have eaten and are full. Notice it didn't say when, if you have eaten. 
He says, when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses. So to build a house is right for God. God expects you to. Can I hear an amen? He didn't say if. He says when. So if you haven't built a house, start thinking about not if, but start saying when. Because the when is going to come. He says, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses, don't just build something just for a house. Build a beautiful house. And dwell in them. In other words, you can pay, dwell, pay for it. And you dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, what he's talking about is businesses. This is what God says. When your businesses multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied, again, everything is when, not if. It's when. Many of us get out of it before the, we get to the when. We quit before we get to the when because of discouraging circumstances, because of difficult circumstances. We're listening to everything that's happening, we're seeing everything that's happening. And so we give up. But the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing, because in due time you reap if you, don't, if, you, if you don't faint. So that's what it says here. So your flocks will multiply, and your silver and your gold also will multiply. multiply and all that you have is multiplied. And then it says, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. So the forgetting God is the issue here. Basically, now you're successful and your eyes is on your success. Money. And you've forgotten the source of it and you're no longer... The fire for God is no longer there. You're doing your own thing. Now I'm going to go ahead and talk about money and the wrong relationship with money. Because that's the issue here. There's right relationship and there's wrong relationship with money. Let me share this scripture with you so that you can understand how money can really affect a person's life in everything that you do, including decisions. With regards to God and with regards to people. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 through 24. And please listen, Claudia. If some look around, make sure. Can we all stand up? Stand up, because this is very important. I have to go through this. It's very important. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Now, I'm going to make you wake up. Give me Isaiah 50, verse 4. <laughs> hey, it's church. We do what we like, right? Amen. What's the matter with those two back there? <laughs> Appreciate it. Now, say it with me. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. 
The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You won't turn away from what I'm about to read. Can I hear an amen? Please be seated. <laughs> Appreciate you guys back there. Don't try to rebuke you. <laughs> amen. This is what Jesus said. He said, store your treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy. And thieves do not break in and steal. I need to stop here a little bit so we can talk, know what we're talking about. When I read this scripture at first, I thought, okay, so God has a bank in heaven. So now I have to take my gold coin And then I think, what when I need it? What am I going to do? Hey, send me back my gold coin. I need it right now. I thought, just send everything up there and then we'll go use it when we get there. You don't need to buy anything when you get to heaven. The treasure is stored there for the day of need right here because God will give you. Here, interest rates will go up. Interest rates will come down. Right? You invest in something, the value was going up. Maybe you buy a piece of property, the value was good for a while, and then something happened to the economy. Guess what happened? It goes down, and you lose money. Thieves. But when you store it up there by releasing it, when there is time, when the need comes, you, you really need that thing. He's available for you. God's sure to let you draw from your bank account, which is in heaven, so that you can hear, enjoy it here. That's what he's saying. Store your treasure up there in heaven because you, you won't, the interest rate is never going to come down. It's not when we get there. I used to think when we get there. No. Jesus says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down. Running over or shaking together uh, and running over. So that's what the scripture is telling us. So he's talking about right here. You put it over there and when you need it, cast your bread in the water and it's going to come back to you. That's what God's trying to teach us the principle to live by. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Sow it because it's going to come back. You can never sow something eternally because it becomes incorruptible. Is coming back to you, especially when you need it. That's what Jesus is saying. Store it up in heaven. But I want to go further. It says, wherever your treasure is, there your desire, the desires of your heart will be also. When you are giving it to the work of God, you cannot be sidetracked. Nothing is going to take your focus from God. When you hold it, there is a chance your heart's going to be in it. Amen? There's a chance your heart's going to be drawn. We're all human beings. God knows what's right for us and how to handle these things. Every one of us can be deceived. And Paul says, don't deceive yourself. It's hap it can happen to you. You can actually deceive yourself thinking you're doing what's right. But your heart's already there and Satan won't let you know your, your heart is gone. Because if you know, you'll recover. It has to be the grace of God to get your eyes open again so that God can continue to pour his blessings upon your life. So important here. 
He says, where your treasure is, there your desires, or that's where your heart is going to be. And that's the right place, the kingdom of God. There's treasure there, so you stay in the kingdom, because that's the only way you can draw from your treasure. If you go out, you can't draw from it anymore. So the more you put in there, the more you know you have invested in this thing, and i got to get it back. If you cut that relationship up, you're not getting anything back. So your heart's going to be there as well. When you give, your heart goes with it. When you give to the work of God, you want to see the result. Those of us that have been in Calvert sharing, you'll enjoy it when you hear the good results that come from it. So that's what it is, Jesus is telling us. But let me go further. Jesus continued in this money matter. Money is very important. The matter of money. It says, after telling you where your heart is, uh, where your your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then he goes on to talk about the eyes. It says, your eye is the lamp, is the lamp that provides light for your body. If you close your eyes, everything is dark. Everything gets dark. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. And he's still talking about money. Because he concludes it after talking about this. He concludes it at the very end. It says, but when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And I'm going to say he's still talking about money. Please understand. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness... How deep that darkness is. Another scripture says, how great that darkness. You think you have light, but what you have is darkness. How great is that darkness? And then he says, no one can serve two masters. He goes back to the money. So it tells you where this is going. You can serve God and serve money. If money has taken your attention, even though you are Christian, there is real deep darkness in your life. That's what he's saying. If we talk about wrong, right and wrong relationship with money, this place is mighty quiet right now. But that's the truth. If you don't have the right relationship with money, your whole life is going to be filled with darkness. And you won't know it. Because it says, how great is that darkness? If the light that's in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? It's a very great darkness that you got. But then it says, you cannot serve God and money. You have to choose. I never thought money could be a God. But you can transform money into a God in your life. And you can worship that thing. And miss out with God totally. This is very serious business. If you keep the right relationship with money, God will begin to bless you. I mean, you know what you're doing. You are focused on doing what is right. You know the motive why you're doing is all about the kingdom of God. All about the kingdom of God. As you keep that right relationship, you will never go wrong. But once your heart goes into money, problem, you, got, you have a lot of problems. And you dark, your decisions, everything uh, with God is very difficult. It becomes very tough. 
and nobody unless God helps you <laughs> only you only God can recover you from it because the Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6 the love of money is the root of all evil that's the bottom line is the bottom line so we have to love God and keep it in perspective know the reason why God put it in your hand and use it properly Amen? How many of you have heard the term Midas touch? Oh yeah. Everything the light touches. No kidding. <laughs> Everything you touch turns into gold. And that means good fortune. But this Midas touch, that terminology is drawn from a Greek mythology. And I want to share a little bit about it, so you understand. To get, to get this lesson is so important. Midas, according to Greek mythology, was the, uh, the, uh, the king of Phrygia in Asia Minor. And he was blessed. He had so much fortune. He had what other kings will only wish for. He was very wealthy. He had a huge castle, had uh, some kind of a rose flower all around his home. And he thought nothing can give him more joy than gold. He loved gold. He lived in all his opulence and everything with his, just his one daughter. That's all. But he ruled the country. Everybody was suffering, but he was so wealthy. He spent most of his days in the basement counting his gold coins. That's all he did, counting his gold coins. Occasionally, they say he'll lie on, the, on his bed and he'll find every article of gold and put around, the, uh, around him and put it on him as if to swim in gold. That was the only thing that gave him joy. And then one day, uh, the king of uh, uh, celebration, uh, or the god of celebration, was going by, and he had so, uh, some companions with him. And uh, some, one of his companions got delayed uh, for whatever reason. And he found this uh, field near Midas' house, and he decided to have, take, you know, take a nap. And Midas found him, and brought him in, and treated him real well. And then took him back to his master, the, the God of celebration. And then the God was so appreciative of what Midas had done. And he said, make a wish. And Midas said, he thought, good. He said, I just give me this. All I want is that everything I touch turn into gold. And uh, the Greek God looked uh, as Cain said him and said, Are you sure? He thought for a while, Yeah, I want everything that I touch to turn into gold. And he said, You sure? He said, Yeah, that's what, exactly what I want. And so he said, Tomorrow begins. Everything you touch will turn into gold. And so the next morning, Midas woke up. And he, he looked at his little table, the table close by his bed, 
and he touched the table, and the table turned into gold. He got excited. Then he touched his chair. That turned into gold as well. Man, he was so joyful. He started running all around his house, touching everything, and everything was turning into gold. He got so exhausted, he just laid there for a while. So happy. His gold would give him that joy. And then he sat up to have his breakfast. And he reached out and got a a grape. And without thinking, he threw it into his mouth. And it turned into gold. Oh, no. He started getting worried. This is not good. He tossed this slice of bread. This slice of bread turned into gold. He took the glass of water. Everything turned into solid gold. Then his daughter walked in. The, only, the daughter he lived for. And the daughter went, I daddy, and hugged him. And she turned into a uh, statue of gold. Mother started to cry. He started pray, oh, he called on the God, please help me. Take this curse away from me. He cried. And that God heard him, according to the story. And uh, told him to go and wash his hands in some river there. And he did. And gold flowed from his hands. And then while that was happening, everything that he had touched turned back to normal. And Midas was beside himself, so joyful. Went back home and hugged his daughter. And then from then on, he decided he needed to share everything that he had with these people. And so he threw everything out. There was such a joyful kingdom. The kingdom prospered. Everybody started doing so well. And they loved him. And when he died, the people came together to bury their king because he was a good king. He found out that gold, just loving gold, can be a curse. What gives, you cannot buy happiness with money. Don't deceive yourself. Money is good, but money can buy you happiness. Human beings are happy based on one thing, relationship. That's where your joy is. There are people who have so much money, they're miserable. Is money good? Yes, you need money to, to, to get around, to get things done. But money is not going to give you everything. You need Jesus in your life, the relationship between you and God and with your fellow man. That is where your joy will come from. The Bible tells us to love God, not money. We have to love God. I got to stop here. I got carried away. I got to stop. We got time. We don't have much time. But we have to realize this. God wants, you to, wants to bless you if you keep a right relationship with money. Now let me say this before as we close today. You don't have to do anything. If you have the right relationship with money, God's going to bless you. And you can make that happen right now this very morning. You can decide... I'm going to change my 
ideas about money and keep it in the right perspective so that God will bless me. I, cannot, I will not apologize that God wants to bless his people. There are other scriptures I want to share with you. We can't go this morning where you see the way Jesus dealt with people when they had a money problem. He will single it out and he will deal with it. It's not like he doesn't want you to have it. He wants you to have a lot of it. But if they, your, your heart is wrong with regards to money, then you've missed it all. I'm going to end with this scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, his righteousness. And all these things, all these things will be added to you. What you need first is the kingdom of God. Once you have gotten the kingdom of God, by and by, all of these things are going to be added. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Many of us, we need these blessings from our God. And God truly wants to bless us. But let's keep the right perspective before God. The love of money can cause so much problem. We're going to continue with that next week. How many people suffer when there is love of money? Family members suffer. Children suffer. Wives suffer. Husbands suffer. Some even lose their lives because of love of money. That thing is a killer. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It blinds you so badly, you can't see clearly. You can't see anything good. So we need to get rid of that today. If you're here this morning and, and suspect you might have a problem with the, in this area, you really need mercy because if the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? It's never enough. It's never enough. God wants you to have, and it should never be enough because he wants you to have everything. All things are yours. But when the pursuit is only about that, and you're sitting counting, something is not right. Something is not right. If you don't have a right relationship with God this morning, you need to make it right. Other things, not just money, other things are taking its place in your life. But you can turn that away, turn away from those and come to God today. How many want to be reconciled with God this morning? Please put your hand up right now. Right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. That's the thing to do. God, I want to be reconciled with you. Everybody say that with me. God, I want to be reconciled with you. I want you to be first in my life. Like we sang this morning. Don't say that. Like we sang this morning. Put that fire. Amen. Put that fire in my heart for you again. So that you are first in my life. Say that with me. Put that fire. Say that with me. Put that fire in my heart again. So that you are first in my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I pray 
that you will guide me through life to make the right decisions that are pleasing in your sight. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. He's here with us. I know this, sometimes this is not a very pleasant message, but we need to hear it. Because there is danger out there. Our goal is to get into the kingdom of heaven. That's very important. And as we line, up, we line ourselves up with God's will, we receive more of his blessings. Amen. If you made that decision today to follow Christ, to be reconciled with him, there is that uh, connection card that you have in your hand. Please check where it says my decision. Check where, what you decided. That's important to God, not for the church. Just you checking that thing, God says, I saw that. And it's ready to start in heaven. You know God has a book in heaven where he writes the names of people that are his. Do that and let him write your name. The connection card. If you have it, if you don't have one, please take one. Amen. We're going to be receiving our offering this morning. And after the offering, our prayer partners are going to be up here. If you need prayer, please come. It's always a blessing to give to God. Because he's blessed us so much. If you can breathe, you're blessed. The other day I was talking, I believe, uh, to one of my sons. And uh, or to somebody. And it, it, it's what we eat, you know. I said, well, thank God we can eat. <laughs> there are some people that cannot eat. They want to eat, but they can't. Thank God we can eat. So God's blessed you. And it's always good to give back to God who has blessed you. Amen. I came ready to give because God has blessed me. Amen. When you put your offering up, you were ready to give. Let's put it up. Let's give God thanks. Father God, we thank you. What a privilege to give to your kingdom. We give you the praise of God and we give you the glory. Here on earth, ministers, churches, receive tithes and offerings from your people. But according to your word, at the same time, spiritually in heaven, you receive. And you worship your Father, Lord Jesus, with our offerings. We ask that you take our offerings this morning and worship your Father with it. We thank you for the privilege of giving to our God. In Jesus' name, and God's people said... Amen. Dream team leaders, please don't go. I need you to sit back. I just want to have a short word with you. I want to thank all our guests this morning for coming. Please come back again. We'd like to see you again. Please stand up with me. Prayer partners, please come up. And um, we need our prayer partners up here.
lift your hands up to our Lord today. And I'm going to pray that God will pour his blessings upon your life. Father God, in Jesus' name, I speak peace upon your people, those that have heard my words today. For I spoke from your word, O God, so that your grace might be multiplied upon our lives. That through your grace, we might inherit every blessing that you've given to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Let your people go with your presence today. Let this be a wonderful day as it is written in your word. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, let joy be your portion in Jesus' name. Let peace be your portion in Jesus' name. Let prosperity be your portion in Jesus' name. Everyone that is in business, let them prosper in the name of Jesus. Create new paths for prosperity in your lives. For we believe strongly that it's your will for us to have. And we receive that from you today. And you will guide us according to your word in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And we give you praise and glory, our God, this morning. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. You're dismissed.